icons, how did we get here? We are at 100 episodes for the Becoming Iconic podcast, and it is so interesting how this is such a beautiful marker within the podcast, but yet it feels like yesterday where I was flip-flopping back and forth going, should I start one? Should I not? And this worry and fear of nobody listening or running out of ideas to talk about. And here we are 100 episodes in, tens upon tens of thousands of downloads and a top 10% podcast, the most exceptional guest so far. It just feels like the most beautiful experience. And I want to start by saying a genuine thank you. Thank you so much for the space and time you give this podcast. Thank you for your ears, your heart, your soul. Thank you for the sharing. It is the most beautiful way to give back to a podcast host. And when you do that, please know there's never a time I take that for granted. Every single time my heart wants to explode out of my chest because of how much gratitude and thanks and love I have for what we're doing here. So thank you so much for being a part of this. It really means the world to me and I cannot wait to see where we go over the next 100 episodes. So today I thought it would be a really beautiful experience to highlight my, if I can say that, my favorite pieces of downloads, expertise, thoughts, from the last 100 episodes. These were pivotal moments for me with this creation of the podcast, moments that I had these clicks of I got it or ahas or wow, that completely changed the way I look at things. And so I thought it would be beautiful to reshare some of these podcasts with you or sections of these podcasts with you so that we can share it together. And maybe this will land at the right time for you. I hope so. And if not, it's a beautiful review of incredible expertise and things that we can apply into our lives and businesses today. Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. So let's start with episode four, making a pivot. Still to this day, one of your favorites. And I really look back at episode four with so much compassion, with eyes of love for who I was in that time. That episode felt very vulnerable and raw because at that moment in my life, I was actually making a pivot. That was a public pivot for me. And I was working through some of the mess of that and some of the self-limiting beliefs that were coming up to the surface as a result of making this pivot and the courage that I was stepping into. And I look back to her and I thank her because we are where we are today because of that courage and bravery in that moment. So making a pivot is really about giving you the permission, not that you need it, but sometimes I think we like to hear it about how extraordinary this actually can be and not to stop ourselves from worrying about the outside world. So I'd love to share this piece with you from episode number four, Making a Pivot. 
You can be an extraordinary mom. You can be an excellent wife. You can be an excellent leader in your current company. And you can go and seize other opportunities. I promise you, you will be able to handle it. And the word abundant changed for me. It became an abundance of resources, an abundance of time. And it was just a matter of whether I was willing to stand up and own what I needed to do to create that. And I was ready. I felt ready. So the lies we tell ourselves often really stall us or paralyze us to make a pivot. And I want to give you permission today to honor the tugs of your heart and the desires of your heart because maybe that pivot, that shift is what's going to open the door, the window, the roof for what you are capable of. You can do it all. I promise you, you can. I also was petrified to make a pivot because I was so concerned with what other people would think. I suffer And I say suffer because I'm still working through the process. I am much better today than I've ever been, but I suffer from people pleasing. I have had the tendency to care more about what the outside world thinks of me, to wear other people's opinions of me more than I do my own. I had gotten into this habit, and I think it was part of my life story, where I wanted others to give me accolades, acknowledge me, give me pats on the back. And when I received their acknowledgement, they were satisfied with me. That's what filled me up. Oh man, that's a dangerous, lonely, and very codependent role to be in. And I choose not to be there anymore. Do I slip back? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, I am firm in honoring my truth. I am firm in knowing how my heart is and that it wants the best for people that I am here to serve. I am here to leave a fingerprint of my own and I have to follow the journey that has been set forth for me. Now we move into episode 15, getting comfortable with promoting yourself, also a fan favorite. And I believe it was a favorite because as women, we have been taught or at least we have been comfortable with blending in. And so the idea of standing up, being seen, promoting our gifts, our strengths and our impact can feel uncomfortable. And so the idea around promoting self is a bit of a skill. And in this episode, I teach you how to do that and really to become comfortable with promoting yourself. So this piece is really about digging into that and digging into the bravery and stepping out and doing it because if you don't, nobody else will. But I do believe we need to, especially as women, roll our shoulders back throw our chins up, and actually be proud of the stuff we do. Why is that so uncomfortable for us? And the other layer to that is, why is it so uncomfortable for someone else witnessing that in someone? I have had people and I've witnessed people say, oh my gosh, like I cannot believe she has said these things and she's always talking about herself. But I think, why is that making you so uncomfortable? Why is that rubbing you the wrong way? Now, if someone's doing that with ego, 
it's very obvious. We all get that. I don't even think we need to talk about it. It's like, oop, she needs to, you know, have a little piece of humble pie. I got you. But if someone is online sharing how they can solve a problem for someone and the expertise they have and all the experience they've gained and doing it so that they can turn around and help others and help build them with all those lessons and the hindsight they have, how is that in any way, shape or form about us or rubbing us the wrong way? The only thing I can think of is that it shines a light on our own personal insecurities And so let's just dig into that and let's be really real and honest about it and do some thinking, some journaling, some writing on why does that make you uncomfortable? And if I were to ask you right now, I want you to write a post about why you, all the things you've done, what you have to offer, the value you can give, your strengths, why you are so iconic. Would you be able to write and write freely with that pen on a piece of paper and go like, yeah, look at me. I did this and woo, way to go me, like high five. Or would you be shivering going, oh my goodness, this is really uncomfortable. I don't know if I could write about myself. I don't know. I mean, I want you to really think about this. I want you to sincerely spend some time digging into the insecurity around this or celebrating the fact that you can own it and build your authority online. We have to. You have to tell people why you. You're just going to blend in. You're not going to be noticed. Your business won't thrive. It's just an essential piece. And there's ways to do it. I want to give you some tactical advice through this as well of ways that I think you can really show people your ability, the kindness and loving heart that you have for others, but standing up in that stature of who you are. So here's one thing. I recommend once a week you do a post online about your journey, how you overcame a problem, how you learned a lesson in leadership, the way you did a poor sale. So maybe you had someone who was super unhappy with something you did or the way you approached them and the lesson you learned through that and declaring that and saying, and now here's how I do things. Building authority, promoting self isn't simply all your certifications or the million reasons why you're so great. I mean, I'm not going there, but I do feel like we need to shine a light on ourselves and be really okay with having that conversation openly because imagine being on a sales call with someone and you meet them online and they say, yeah, you know what, there's just something about you that I vibe with. Like, can we jump on a call? You jump on a call and they say to you, you know, like, I really think you're a good fit for me. I would love you to be my mentor. And you're like, me? No. You know, gosh, thank you so much. But, you know, not me. Like, I really haven't been that successful. Like, think about this. You wouldn't do that. And if you are doing that, how is that working for you? I would think it's not working for you at all. This is a practice. This is something to get uncomfortable with so you can get comfortable with. And I think... Just forcing yourself once a week to do a post online about why you, what makes you special, what makes you a mentor or a leader somebody wants to follow, what makes your business different, unique, special. If you can do that well once a week, it shouldn't be more than that because then, yes, we're getting into ego and people are not going to want to listen to, you know, brag stories all day long. But once a week, can you start 
just digging into those beautiful parts of you and sharing them. Oh, episode 22 is likely my top three favorite moments in the podcast so far because Allison Bird has been my mentor and coach for over the last, I'd say, 18 months. Someone who I admire, who has really expanded me. And her teaching at this moment was so beautiful because this was when we were in the thick of things for Black Lives Matter. COVID was really in an uproar. There was so much uncertainty out in the world. Allison was being asked to be interviewed on all sorts of platforms. And I knew she felt really stretched in this moment and very vulnerable in this moment and also trying to make sense of the moment for herself. So the fact that she came on the podcast and poured into us at this time felt really special. So I will always honor that piece of who she was and how she showed up during that time, but also her wisdom in this podcast was so spectacular. I want to share the piece about money mindset It has really been the most impactful piece I've learned through Allison is this expansion and this welcoming in of wealth. So tune into this piece because it's going to really hit home. I want to just dive in if we can right to money mindset because this was pivotal for my 2020 when you taught me to put money around my house and to talk to it and speak to it and how you speak to your nieces and nephews about money. I would love if you would be so kind to share that with this audience and this community because I know they will receive it the way I have and learn so much. Well, you know, making money is an addiction that I have and it's one that I'm not trying to shake. And I say that because relationship with money, in my opinion, there has to be a measure of obsession. Yeah, there has to be because when you're interested in anything, let's say you start working out and you like CrossFit or yoga or bar, what happens is the more you do it, momentum builds and that becomes a personal movement for you. I feel the same way in regard to money. I feel like life really started getting good for me when I started making money because making money is a form of happiness. It's a great incentive. It is not the root of happiness, but it is a happiness. And the other thing about making money is making other people happy is a super happiness for many of us. And how do we do that? Well, let me just tell you, if you're worried about your light bill, you cannot be the light. And so a lot of our happiness comes when we are fully provided for and we are not worried about the four walls of our homes as women statistics show that present day women's highest worry is money. And as a result, they see their physical bodies breaking down because they aid and abed a worry that they are unwilling to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I made a relationship with money. I have money right now. I have books to the left of me. My bookmarks are $20 bills, $100 bills, $5 bills. Why? Because that's paper. That's paper. And I love the energy 
of that paper being around me. I love that. Do I discard money? Do I throw it away? Absolutely not. So please no one misunderstand that. I like when I open a book and I go to the page, I go, oh, there's money reminding me it's always available to me. I believe as I began to create sales trainings for people years ago, I would say to them, listen, a sale is inventing a possibility for someone that they didn't know existed until you showed up. Mm. So if you're a coach, if you're a network marketing leader, you're building your team or you know, you're building your clientele, how do you do that? You have to showcase a possibility. And you have to say this possibility is available for you. Do you want in? And you have to sell the vision, position the action. So here's the vision of what it looks like on the other side of coaching with me. Here's the vision of what it looks like on the other side of joining this network marketing organization with me. Here's the vision of what it looks like if you're a fitness trainer of what it looks like to do six weeks with me and to release 10 pounds off of your body and increase your muscle mass and you sell the vision then you position the action here's the action of how it happens it's a possibility money is the same way money is a possibility that many people don't check themselves into because they're so afraid of the dialogue the connection i asked someone recently that was looking for a career i said what if you got an offer they're stepping out of their graduate program and i said what if you got an offer that was three hundred thousand dollars a year and their eyes just bugged at me and they were like wait what and I said, well, you just got out of a graduate program and, you know, you can have an organization that is really investing in this particular area that you are educated in and they could offer you a $300,000 a year job. What would you do? And they said to me, I can't even imagine it. Like I've never even thought that number. And because they had Googled and Google told them that the starting salary for their position was 80 to 90,000 they decided to live in that container so here's the question that i want to ask for everyone that's listening what container have you decided to live in because someone told you that's where you belong episode 41 was so much fun Chasing Joy with Angie Lee. Oh, I remember Angie Lee being one of the first podcasts I ever listened to and was so just, you know, committed to her podcast because of how she pulled out the playfulness in building business. It was something that I was craving in my own life. I knew I could be very professional and I was really looking for some more feminine energy, some more playfulness in what I was doing so that it was always fun while pursuing and she just does a really good job at that this one piece in this interview i wanted to share with you because i knew that we had hit sort of a really deep part of angie where she talks about why do you want the goal and this is something that we need to constantly be aware of and looking through the right lenses and this is just a really beautiful reminder about the why behind what you're doing Yeah. And this is really the art of fulfillment, which I geek out on and I love talking about. And when I went to Tony Robbins, he he chats about this because this is so 
important to discuss as humans because mm-hmm. there are humans out there that have $3 billion in their bank account and they committed suicide. And we asked that question, why? What do you mean? They had everything. Why would you kill yourself if you have $3 billion in the bank account? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense, right? To someone who's broke and struggling right now. But what he realized after working with them was they were not fulfilled. And I've obviously not made $3 billion, but I've seen in small ways how more business and more money and more responsibilities didn't actually make me happier. So sometimes we're chasing after something that we think is going to make us happy. And then we get there and we're like, oh my gosh, that wasn't, <laughs> that's not what I thought was going to happen. So it's so nice. It's, it's so beautiful. And, and it's so important to have that relationship with ourselves around fulfillment and, and ask ourselves, especially as threes on the Enneagram, why do you want that goal? Do you think it's going to bring you something that you can't already harness right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. Happiness, joy, purpose, it's almost like you already have it in you anyway. So just having a really healthy relationship with our goal setting and knowing, okay, I want that. So I can take my kids to Disneyland and make an extra X amount of money. I want that. So we can have the house of our dreams, which is going to then be able to have, we can have more people over it because I prioritize socialization and that brings me fulfillment. I think it's so important to tie things to money and to our goals. So we're not just chasing a number because that gets old fast. And then you quickly realize well, what was the point? You didn't need six cars. You didn't need what you thought you needed to be happy. So didn't mean to go on that ramp, but I think it's really important for people, especially new entrepreneurs who, you know, on Instagram and on social, we see these ads. I mean, we live in such a time of like more and more and more and more cars, more houses, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that will make you happy. And I just think a lot of people, that's not actually what they want. They just want financial freedom and they want more time with their loved ones. Episode 50 with Jessica Garsh. Wow. I remember hearing her story for the first time while I was sitting in the audience and she was on stage and my heart literally splitting in half from a mom perspective, but at the same time feeling so heightened and inspired through how she walked through one of the most hard, difficult, heart-wrenching moments of her life. Her story is so profound. I highly recommend you listen to the entire podcast because as a mom, all of us will be able to feel her and feel compassion for where she was, but how she walked through this difficult time, the strength and the faith in miracles and in manifestation is so powerful. I wanted to share that particular piece with you of this story so you could feel how incredibly miraculous her healing was because of her faith. Okay, if this is my time, let's walk through this. And so I walked through it as being very grateful that I had built a business that was leveraged that could take care of my family. I was, and that was a huge risk and I gave up a really good career to do that. And then I walked kind of through of, okay, who did I marry? I married a Mr. Mom. Why did this Mr. Mom come into my life? Was it because this was already programmed and that my kids now have this man that I know can take care of my kids in a way, you know, not every mom has that, you know, that comfort at that time. And so there was a lot of peace in facing my death with like, I know my kids were going to be okay. There were some things that were unsettling, like not seeing them at their weddings, not seeing them graduate, not going to the hockey games and just even holding a tea at the hockey game. I felt that I felt like I want to experience that moment of watching my son and I'm holding a hot tea. And it's just, there's nothing to think about other than watching him. Like there's no worries. 
So I went through all of those cycles and I kind of came to the point where I had peace with it. Like I made all the decisions. I played life well and they're going to be okay. As much as I don't want to go right now, they're going to be okay. And then I had this other piece of me that really believes in creation and manifestation where I'm like, if I can just envision myself in a different chapter of life where I make it through this, what will that look like? And I made a very clear choice in that time to not find peace in that my kids were going to be okay without me, that I had to give it my all of writing myself letters, playing videos, getting pictures, you know, doing things that made me see a different chapter. And this one might make you laugh, but I remember calling my husband and I said, you need to come to Halifax because I have three days basically to find this liver and get to Toronto to have this transplant. And he called his mom in from Kingston. She was on a plane coming to our house. Andrew was getting in the car to come. And then I called him back and I said, but before you come, I need you to go look at this cottage on this lake that's like 20 minutes from our house. And he was furious. He was like, I'm coming, Jess. Like, why would I go look at a cottage? And I'm like, and he knows how I am. And I'm like, Andrew, this is my next chapter. I need to see myself healing in that cottage. That is where we need to be. Wow. And I need you to put an offer on that cottage. And uh, he was beside himself. And I'm like, that's my vision. That is my piece where I can see teaching my kids how to water ski, teaching my kids how to just be in the environment that we're in. No toys, just like really rustic living. And that vision had feeling and a feeling of hope and a feeling of like, I can see myself there. And I just locked on to that. And I really decided that that was what I was going to focus on. And so when we came to the decision to go off of the blood thinner, I really felt I went through different scenarios in my head of, okay, here's life with a transplant. I'm on multiple medications. I have a huge scar on my body. I'm limited for the next forever. I have immune system. Com I'm compromised. Can we travel? Like the things we love to do. Okay. That looks like that. Now B is I had the transplant and I don't make it. Okay. I've been through that. That's not what I want. And then C is I had this miracle happen. I go off the blood thinner. I'm in this cottage. And that is exactly what came from it. Episode 65 with Tim Story. Ah. Oh. Okay, so this was so incredibly full circle for me because just a year before Tim Story, who I had been watching and learning from forever, <laughs> he put up online that there was an opening, I suppose, for coaching with him. And this was before I had started hiring external coaches. And I remember looking at the investment and feeling like that was so out of my reach. Now, if I could go back and talk to Jen in 2019 and tell her, oh, it is so in our reach, I wish I could. However, I made that decision from a sense of lack and to this day think, oh, why didn't I capture that opportunity? But yet here I was sitting with Tim Story, interviewing him and having this beautiful conversation and his ability to honor you, see you, share stories, especially on how to come back from setbacks. He is just, he's the guru of it. He's the most incredible person when it comes to that. A life coach for all of the Hollywood stars. He's just an incredible human. I really loved 
talking to him about multiple things, but this one piece felt really beautiful to share again about not settling in our setbacks because I believe so many times we can settle into that story that is expired. And I hope this encourages you to stand up and start walking towards your future. Can you describe that? Because I believe a lot of people are in the cloudy comeback without realizing it. I think most people are. So, you know, we have various areas of our life, our physical life, our mental life, the clarity of mind, our job, our finances, our family, our recreations, hobbies. So we have a lot of areas in our lives that many times have what I call a life interruption. A life interruption is a disturbance. And when you're hit by a life interruption, it could be COVID-19, life interruption. Something happens to your daughter, something happens to your son. You find out something about your own health that you didn't know that you had. That's a life interruption. Now, what I have found that most people, when they have a life interruption, they sit in it. And the second thing they do is they settle in it. So they sit and they settle. And then from that position of night sitting and settling, you have a choice. Do I try to have what I call a core comeback, C-O-R-E, or do I have what I call a carnal comeback? A carnal comeback is I'm in the clouds. I've been hit. I got divorced. I got hit by illness, COVID-19. A carnal comeback says, watch my ego take me to the top again. Mm. Wait till they see me now. That's not good. That's pretty exhausting, and it usually doesn't work. (laughs) A core comeback is beautiful. A core comeback is number one, becoming awake. Number two, you take inventory. You go, oh man, I'm divorced and I have two kids. Or I just found out I have lupus or whatever the situation is. So number one, you become awake. Number two, you take inventory. Number three, and this is where you come in, Jen, is that you have to partner with power. Partner with people who know that they are strong and sometimes stronger than you in the area where you've had the setback. Episode 75 with my dear friend, Rebecca Caffiero. It's really about do-it-yourself public relations, and she is the master of that. She's so profound and beautiful and abundant, and she talks a lot about visibility, credibility, profitability, which I think is familiar for most of us who are in the online space, but she has such a beautiful way of articulating these things. And this piece with Rebecca talking about inviting people in felt so good to me because that has how I have shown up in my business from day one and what I really love to teach and train on myself. So it felt really beautiful for us to connect to this moment. And I'd love to share this with you so that it sinks in for you as well. I think talking about money and talking about profitability, I think it's an area that a lot of women struggle with. Mm-hmm. But when we are showing up and we're delivering value, It's just part of the equation, right? You should absolutely give away things for free, but then you should invite the people, which is going to be a small percentage that want to work with you to invest in that relationship and to invest in themselves. And again, it's an invite, not a sale. Yes. Actually, I say that I didn't even realize, and it's certainly not a sales tactic because I genuinely mean it. I often say, I'm inviting you to take a look at this program. I think it'd be a great fit because it truly is. It's like, I almost look at it as this pretty invitation showed up in their mailbox. They get to open it and whether they want to attend or not attend is completely up to them, but they received at least a pretty 
thoughtful invitation. And that often leads people into just having a conversation and they get to choose. They get to choose whether it's a fit for them or not. And our job is just to invite. I love that you pointed that out. Thank you. Well, and the the more that we invite with heart and soul and something that you do so beautifully, the more people that see that, because there, I think there is not only such a stigma, but there's still so many people doing sales poorly. Yes. And Sales is sometimes looked at as a four-letter word. I never wanted to be in sales, but then I realized, oh, you're being a consultant, you're delivering value, and you're also telling people when they're not the right fit or your product's not the right fit that it's not, and maybe you're directing them to where there's a better fit. But I think women seeing, because often women have such an issue asking for money, asking for a value relationship. And so women seeing women like us that have overcome that and have reached a point where we're very comfortable with that value exchange, them seeing the way that we do it helps them do that themselves. And so I think that women in business doing well only helps other women do well. And so that's why I'm such a believer in supporting women in business. Episode 79, human design in relationships with Paige Michelle. Ooh, okay. This one was a challenging interview for me because I, for the first time interviewing, felt like I was keeping up with my guest versus leading the conversation. She was really stretching me and how I was looking at things. And as a matter of fact, if you go look at the IGTV or on the YouTube channel and see my physical body language, you will see it and pick up on it right away because she really has expanded herself in such a way that I am up-leveled and lifted in her presence. I wanted to share this piece that she was talking about with you because a lot of us as female entrepreneurs can sometimes feel like the growth gap between ourselves and our partners is big or that we are lowering our standards for someone, whatever that may feel like, just the contrast that can happen in relationships I really believe Paige described this beautifully, and I think it's important for us to recognize and also for us to learn from. It is a standard, you know what I mean? Like I take care of myself and I am regulated and I perform at a high level. Yeah, I need the people around me to be doing that as well, but that's up to them if that's where they're at in their life. But I know that I see the potential in men and I am not really going to accept anything other than that. And I don't think that ultimately men want to be with a woman that just accepts them. Like, I think when men meet a woman, and I think when men know that they're not being the best version of themselves, they're not being the highest version of themselves, they're not, they're not really, they're phoning it in. And they meet a woman that accepts that they feel comfortable. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll date her. Like, maybe I'll even marry her. But they know that she has no self-respect because who would be with that version of him? somebody that didn't respect themselves. So they don't respect her ultimately. They respect me because I wouldn't. Okay. This is really, it's multi-layered. And I think a lot of people right now are just having massive light bulb moments. You'd have to listening to your words and your wisdom, you would have to. And it's almost like you're declaring this knowing this higher standard of ourselves. And I think oftentimes in life, what we're doing is looking for other people to raise their standards for us. Yeah. I don't come to anybody and say, you need to be better for me, or you're not doing enough. I just am the highest and best version of myself. And I personally 
couldn't be with somebody that wasn't because the exchange would be unfair. I'd always have to be lowering my frequency to meet them or not have the conversation I want to have because they're not capable of having that conversation. And then I'm not the highest version of myself. And if I'm not who I am, they don't actually ultimately get to be who they are. I'm trying to make them into something so I can uphold a version of myself that isn't even who I am. (sighs) So like nobody wins by me not being a hundred percent myself. Nobody. Can you become that in a current relationship? I I talked to so many couples where the woman or the man are up leveling. The other one isn't quite there yet or ready. Can one truly become themselves and really still foster a beautiful relationship? Yes. And you have to be okay with the structure changing and you have to be okay with having no timeline and you have to be okay with it not looking how you expect it to look. The exact example of that is Todd. It is my ex-husband. And we're still in relationship. It just looks different. It's still loving. It just looks different because I grew and chose to focus on myself. And he did. He just didn't do it on my timeline. Episode 91, a more recent one, But I can tell you, I have never received so many messages, DMs, texts, emails than I did from this episode with Amy Van Slambrook, all about trauma and entrepreneurship. Amy is a beautiful psychotherapist who really is committed to helping female entrepreneurs and also couple entrepreneurs come out through and heal through their traumas. And she was very vulnerable, very real. We still to this day say that that was a channeled conversation in this podcast. It was really profound and beautiful. And I asked her about this whole comparison of traumas and how I feel sometimes that we don't talk about our traumas or even bring them up to the surface because maybe we are diminishing them or feeling like they're not as bad as somebody else's when all of our traumas are a part of us and the healing of that is really the pursuit of our best selves. So I love how she answered this and would love for you to just hear what she has to say and maybe it will land at the right time for you. You said something about the beach ball being shoved under the water. That's such a great analogy or visual for how it can feel sometimes when we're trying to march forward in our lives. But there are things, emotions, a past that keeps wanting to resurface. It was such a great visual for me. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Mm. One thing I recognize, though, as a woman, but also a woman who has a massive network of beautiful friends is we can, you said the word normalize, but we can almost diminish trauma too, can't we? Where we compare our traumas and think, well, it's not as bad as that. So I shouldn't feel the way I feel. Do you deal a lot with that? Do you feel that comes forward a lot? A hundred percent. That is such a brilliant point because I don't think I've talked with any of my clients who didn't start out saying, but it's not really as bad as this. And there's always someone who seems to be suffering in a worse way or a more horrific way, even for people who are enduring things that you and I might imagine are hard to take in and not lose your mind on a daily basis. And yet for you, if that was enough to interrupt your emotional well-being, if that was enough to jolt you and make you feel violated and lose trust in the world around you. You know, that was one of the most brilliant definitions I've seen of trauma from Tana Amen. And that qualifies 
And you have been through that experience because your journey through it is now, I believe, going to be used for other people. And so it's important. The very first step is honor your trauma, honor what it is and for how it impacted your soul and your life. You know, there isn't an area of comparison other than comparing ourselves to yesterday's version and trying to be better. But I can't think of a whole lot of other areas where comparison and competition of our level of hurt is helpful. Lastly, episode 95, manifesting your desires and dreams with yours truly. (laughs) It was a really special episode to record because I finally was putting into words and articulating and communicating really what I would call, that's not the secret, but I think it is because people don't identify with it, like the secret sauce of success. Because I know there are so many things out there in terms of marketing strategies and sales funnels and tactics and things to really build a beautiful, successful business. And I think all those things are important. I teach those things. But when they are not matched with this sense of belief and certainty and assurance and this openness and surrender to manifesting miracles, there will always be this bit of disconnect. And so I feel like this podcast is really the elevation to the highest standard of who you are in your business and the growth that can happen by actioning and applying the lessons within this podcast are huge. And so I was wanting to put like the entire podcast in here because I think the whole thing comes together beautifully. But this one section I know is all about elevation. And I'm really excited to remind you and nudge you into more miracle mindset. Here's the secret. Cast that vision. Know where you're going. Realize that debt-free living is absolutely your birthright. That That is closer than it even appears. It is right there. As a matter of fact, don't even put a timeline on it because that could be paid off so much faster than a year from now. Don't do that. Just imagine and visualize debt-free living. What does that feel like? What does it look like when you open your bank account? What's in there? What's not in there? <laughs> That's the vision. That's the desire. Now the work, the work comes in with matching our belief system to that desire. The belief can show up in ways like this. We say it, I'm going to be debt free. And the belief system goes, really? Do you even know what debt free is? Oh my gosh, you have to build this business. How are you going to be debt free when you have to invest more money into your business? Debt free, you have $25,000 in debt. That's going to take you the next 10 years to pay off. Do you see how there's a disconnect? The desire and the feelings or the beliefs are not connected. They're not aligned. And so because they're not aligned, that desire, that visual, as clear as it can feel and seem and be, it will not come to fruition because this belief system is going to keep bringing in life experiences to reiterate the belief. Oh, yeah, there's more debt. Oh, yeah, now I had my car broke down. Now I got to pay the car. Now I've got more debt. There we go. See, I'm never going to be debt free because you had that thought. Now you're going to magnetize the next experience or the next circumstance. It's going to be, yep, see, there's more expense, yada, 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 yada. Okay. This can happen in anything. Be really mindful around this. But here's the thing. You can change that. And this is like that click of the seatbelt. This is like clicking into life and getting ready for the ride. Instead, when those thoughts appear, I'd love you to start saying, cancel, cancel God, cancel universe, cancel source, cancel. 
that's not true. I am actually great with money. You know what? I am excited about money coming in. I am excited to pay off my car because that car, it drives me around. It takes me to go get my groceries, which feeds my family. It is a privilege to be able to even have a car to pay for. And all of a sudden, your world shifts. All of a sudden, you've made room for miracles to come in. Miracles are simply an exchange of perception. That's all it is. You've changed your perception, miracles come in. And so now it's the practice of that old self-limiting belief comes in. It's like, think of it like expired yogurt, okay, in your fridge and you've opened it up and the smell like just, okay, throw the expired self-limiting belief in the garbage, in the trash. It doesn't belong anymore. It's stinky. And now you can fill your fridge or fill your soul or fill your mind with things that are good for you, that build you. So it's not that they don't occur. It's that when they do, you cancel, mindfully cancel and replace it with a belief system that is going to build you into that person that can accept that dream and desire. It's a practice. And over time, by practicing and reiterating all the things that you are, because none of those self-learning beliefs are true. None of them are true. Doesn't that feel good? It's like, oh my gosh, it's just big fat lies anyways. So out and in with truth. Friends, this was so special to share with you today. These pieces of podcasts that really elevate me and kind of perk up my heart when I think about them are really the markers of the most significant times when the last 100 episodes for me. And there's many, many more and beautiful interviews I've done that have really created such incredible expansion in my life and business. And I know they have for you. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I do want to recommend that you go back and re-listen to podcasts that resonated with you because there's something in there, a message, a feeling, a lesson that you can apply. And sometimes listening again, it just ingrains that lesson into us that we can then move forward into this new version. And it's just been such a gift to bring the Becoming Iconic podcast forward. It's really a podcast that's about elevation and really encouraging women through giving ourselves personal permission to step up and step out into the world and in all areas of our lives. I will not box the conversations that happen within Becoming Iconic podcast. It will be all sorts of different subjects and themes and different interviews and guests because I believe we are so multifaceted, multi-passionate, and I hope this is a home for you to come as a woman, as a leader, so that you can be reminded and constantly guided into showing up in this world and letting us see you and letting us see you with such confidence and swagger and assurance. Thank you for, again, for your ears, your your hearts, your time. It means so much to me. And I really appreciate you celebrating this 100th episode together. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it 
into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there and make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day. Oh,